You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Listen, I'm so happy to have you with us today. We're going to have a blast today. I want you to tag a friend, let them know that we are live and we are ready to go. Hope you had a great, <clears throat> hope you've had a great weekend. And listen, it's going to be good today. It's going to be good. I want you to share the lesson. You know, the Bible says that the word grew and prevail. So it grows because you hear it, you receive it, you act on it, and then you pass it on to others. So let's get started. I'm going to begin a series today uh, entitled, Do You Want What You Are Saying? Do you want what you are saying. The theme of this series, we're going to be talking about the constructive and destructive power of the words that we speak, the words that you speak, the words that I speak have power. So I'm asking this question, do you want what you are saying now our background text is mark chapter 11 verse 23 for people that's a part of my church and i passed a wonderful church faith chapel birmingham faith chapel columbus georgia and many of my flock have heard this text over the <clears throat> over the years so but you know during this pandemic the spirit of god has instructed me to go over some things to help us make it through. I am a prophet of God, and I'm attempting to be a faithful prophet to him and a faithful prophet to you to help you navigate and successfully move through uh, the pandemic. Now, Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and I'm going to read it from the traditional King James Version of the Bible. It says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever, <coughs> pardon me, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, that's a very familiar text, but I want to uh, begin by giving you two life-changing truths that I'm taking from the text, two life changing truth. Number one, you are having what you consistently say. You're having what you consistently say. The words that you consistently speak out of your mouth is actually manifesting in your 
everyday experience. Now, I got my iPad here. You have any questions about anything, you can agree, you can disagree, <laughs> you can ask questions. You, listen, I want you to fill in the gaps for me. Now, my first life-changing truth is that you are having what you consistently say. Now, my second truth is you can have what you say. You can have what you say. Now, that's Mark eleven twenty three. but the Spirit of God spoke this to me years ago. In fact, he, he um, corrected me on something that I was desiring, and he said, you can't have that, but you can have what you say. You can't have that, but you can have what you say. So these are two life-transforming questions. I mean, statements, you're having what you consistently say. And then secondly, you can have what you say. So my question for today, in fact, this is the, 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 the subject of the series, short series. Do you want what you're saying? Think about that for a moment. Do you want what you are saying. Now, today, specifically, we're going to look at the destructive power of spoken words, the destructive power of spoken words. I'm going to give you five scriptural proof texts, and then we're going to examine things that people are saying. We're going to look at what people are saying. Proverbs 6, verse 2 says, you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. Notice Proverbs 6, 2 says that we are trapped. That's what snared means. We're trapped by the words of our mouths. We're taken captive by the words of our mouths. Proverbs 18, this is my second proof text. Proverbs 18, verses 20 through 22, says a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it, will eat its fruit, the tongue's fruit. I'll give that to you again. That's Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 through 21. It says, a man's belly or his stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, this text tells us in a nutshell that we're either speaking life to our lives or we're speaking death to our life. Life to our life or death to our life. Now, let's look at our third proof text. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, 
it says, and God is speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, your words have been harsh against me. I'm reading from the New King James Version. He says, your words have been harsh against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinances? Now, this is what God said to Israel uh, after they had stopped tithing. Now, the nation of Israel was a tithing people. After they stopped tithing, and that's what Malachi 3, verses 10 down, down through verse 14 is addressing. God says to them, your words have been harsh against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, and this is what the people replied and said, what have we spoken against you? God said to Israel, your words have been harsh. Then they came back and said, well, what did we say? What have we spoken? And then God said, you have said it's useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? And really what they were saying, what profit has it been to us to tithe? Now, let's look at our fourth proof text. I wanted to give you five proof texts. We're talking from the subject, do you want what you are saying? And our subtopic or sub-theme, we're dealing with the destructive power of the words we speak. Now, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus said, Take no thought for your life, saying, he said, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Jesus said, don't take the thought of insufficiency and say it. He said, don't take the thought of insufficiency and say it. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Notice Jesus connects poverty and lack to negative words, to death words spoken out of the mouth. And that is powerful. He connects our lack or our insufficiency or our poverty to the words, the negative words, or the death words that we speak out of my mouth. So the question is, do you want what you're saying? Now, let's look at our fifth and final proof text. And I wanted to go through just to give you an overview, but I wanted to get you to James. This is the text that I want you to really think about. James chapter 3, verse 6. And again, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It says, just one verse, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body, and it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. I want to read that 
One verse again, James 3, verse 6, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Now, let's, let's look at some of the words in this text. It says that the tongue sets on fire the course of nature. And the course of nature means the whole of life. It means the wheels of existence. So in your mind, imagine a bicycle wheel. You have this circular wheel. You have a tire, rubber tire around the wheel. You have the metal frame that connects the rubber tire. In the middle of the wheel, you have a hub. And then you have what is called spokes. These are tiny, small cylinder rods that connects to the inner frame of the wheel. So you have the hub in the center. You have the spokes shooting out to the frame of the wheel, the metal frame, and then you have the tire. Now, the Bible says that the tongue sets on fire the course of nature. It says it sets on fire the wheels of existence. So the tongue is like a hub. It's right in the center and it's and there are spokes. These spokes represent different areas of our lives. Every person has five basic needs: spiritual, mental, emotional, social, financial, physical. Five basic needs. And the tongue, the hub, is connected to these five spokes the wheel of our existence. And it says that it sets on fire the totality of our lives. The word hell there, because it says it sets on fire by hell. The word hell here stands for the power of darkness. And it describes the source of evil and the cause of the mis the cause or misuse of the tongue. So it's saying that hell is behind the tongue setting on fire the wheels of our existence. Now, that's our background. Let's ask the question again. Let's ask the question again. Do you want what you are saying. Every day you're speaking words. Every day I'm speaking words. Do you want what you are saying? Now, if our tongue, if it's not managed properly, it will set on fire the wheels, the totality of our existence. Let's look at all the areas. Let's look at some of these areas and let's talk spiritual, emotional, physical. Let's talk safety. Let's talk academics, 
If you're in school, let's talk our financial material prosperity. Let's talk about our relationships. Let's talk about the whole of our existence. Now, we may not cover every area today, but let's begin to see and evaluate words that we should not be saying, words that we should not be saying, words that will curse our existence or this area of our existence. Let's talk spiritually. Listen at these words. I am not good at remembering scriptures. We're talking spiritually now, and we know we need the scriptures to grow. I am not good at remembering scriptures. Do you want what you're saying? When you say, I'm not good at remembering scriptures, and the Holy Spirit has been sent to help you remember scriptures, to bring all things to your remembrance. Do you really want those words? Do you really want to not be able to remember scriptures? And is it possible that your confession of these kind of words shut down the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you to help you to remember scriptures? Listen at this. I can't understand the Bible. I cannot understand the Bible. Wow. Do you want what you're saying? Do you want what you're saying? Because remember, we we said, and we, and we read it, we said that you're having what you consistently say. We said you can have what you say based off Mark eleven twenty three. So, is that what you want, to not be able to understand the Bible? I cannot understand the Bible. Listen at this statement. The moment I start praying, I fall asleep. The moment I start praying, I fall asleep. We all know prayer is critical to our spiritual growth and development. Do you want that every time you pray to fall asleep? And could it be that your words are reinforcing that situation in your life? Could it be that you should be saying something different? Do you want what you are saying? Now, I'm a pastor. I'm in my 41st uh year of pastoring the church that I pastor, Faith Chapel. I pastored a, a Presbyterian church for a little over a year, so I'm in my 42nd year of pastoring, and I know how important it is to be a member of a church. I know how important it is to attend church, and I know some of you, you're a member of my church, Faith Chapel, the church that God has called me to pastor, and then some of you, you're not a member of Faith Chapel, but you're a member of some other church, and I have always encouraged people that going to church is important, attending church is important. Now, let's, let's listen to some of the things that people are saying in this pandemic time about the church and about attending church. Listen at this. I'm not ready to go back to the church. I'm not, I am not ready to go back 
to church, talking about the local church. I'm not ready to attend the local church. Okay. Do you want what you're saying? Do you want to not be ready to go back to attending church? Now, this makes no sense to you. If, if Mark eleven twenty three doesn't matter, you don't believe Jesus when he said you can have what you say, you are having what you say. Now, if that verse in Mark eleven twenty three means nothing to you, you could care less about it. You don't even believe that that's what he was saying. Then what I'm saying won't matter to you, won't mean anything to you. But is that what you want to not be ready? Here's what people are saying. I don't think it's necessary to attend church. I can get what I need at home. I can get what I need at home. Is, is, is that consistent with the word? Is that consistent with what the word says about forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together? Is that consistent? I don't think. It's necessary to attend church. I can get what I want at home, online, virtually. I don't have to leave my house. Okay, it, it, I understand you're saying that, but is that consistent? Is that what you want? And then you got some people saying, well, I have to protect myself from COVID and my wife and her teaching this uh, uh, few past few weeks. She was talking about that and... So let's talk about this for a moment. Let's talk about this for a moment. And what I'm not doing when I talk about church attendance, what I'm not doing, I'm not uh, trying to put you in harm's way. I'm not. In fact, I told the Lord, the last thing I want to do is put people in harm's way. I'm not trying to be the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, I want you to be praying about attending church. I want you to be praying about it. I don't want you to just start saying something and, and I feel this and I think that we're not to be led as Christians like that. We're to be led by the spirit. We're, we're to be praying about things. And when I talk about church attendance, especially in these days, I'm not concerned about finances. I'm not concerned about people got to come to church so we can have money. The church that I pastor, Faith Chapel, has to be one of the greatest giving churches on planet Earth. The church I pastor is a, a tremendous, in fact, we got totally out of debt during the pandemic. Last year, uh, during the pandemic, our church gave more virtually, and most of the time we were virtually, gave more last year than we have in decades. So our people give, our people tithe. So I'm not trying to get money when I say it's important to be in church. And um, I'm not after anything. Our church is debt-free. I felt an unction because I am concerned about something. And if I don't get beyond just the spiritual side, because we got to look at all these areas. What do you want? What, what, what it, do you want what you're saying? What I am concerned, especially in this time and day, is habits. I know that 
let's look at some of the things. When you've been out of church for over a year, and some of you, you haven't been in church in over two years, okay, all during, during the pandemic, okay, then the habit of not going to church becomes a real issue because habits are powerful, whether they be good habits or bad habits. So I am concerned as a pastor that people don't get in the habit of not attending church. Secondly, I'm concerned about convenience. I think some people are taking the virtual thing online uh, and, and, and approaching it from a convenience. It's more convenient for me to watch online. I don't have to put on any clothes. I don't have to dress up. I don't have to go through traffic. I don't have to deal with that. It's more convenient. But I want to submit something to you, and maybe I'm not talking to everyone, but I'm certainly talking to you. The church and the kingdom and your commitment to Christ was not established by Jesus, the head of the church, for your convenience. I know in America we want everything and to be convenient, but I'm... Uh, ministered in Russia several years ago, and those people came to church in the snow. It was snow. We were in a theater where my feet was cold, and the people came in there and sat through that service in a cold building, walking in snow to get to church. And I think in America, we want everything to be convenient. And convenience is, is not what Christianity is all about. It was not established for our convenience. Another thing that I'm concerned about, I'm concerned about, I don't want people to get in error thinking that what God, you, a crisis plan, because we shut down the whole church at one period of time. It was a crisis. It was a crisis. But I don't want people to think that and turn a crisis into a permanent situation. Because I think some of you have already decided, I'm never going back to church. I don't need church. You know what I mean? And so what you get in the era because you're trying to turn a crisis into a permanent situation. And another thing that I'm concerned about uh, is that people don't get in deception. And, and there's a lot of deception that I think Christians can get in about church and attending church and being in church and the need for church. And, and this issue of, I don't want to contract COVID in church. Let me, let me share something about that. Now, I can't speak for other churches, but I am speaking about more than just attending Faith Chapel. I want you to realize I'm talking about period. You're a Christian. Church attendance is important. Being a part of a church gathering is important, regardless of whether you come to Faith Chapel or not. But in our church, we got we got 3,000 seats in two services. That's 6,000 seats, and people can sit anywhere they want to, away from folk. So there's really no issue. But But think about it. Okay, I don't want to go to church because I want to protect myself from COVID. That's like saying I don't want to fly in an airplane because it may crash. When we all know that most accidents happen in vehicles, cars, than airplanes. Most of the people in the world has not contract. Kind of, uh, have not been exposed to COVID in churches. 
He said, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? Has people, have people uh, tested positive who were in a church and found, yes, yes. But most people had tested positive because they went to church. He said, well, how do you know that? How, what, what, what make you think you know that? Well, most people don't go to church. Most of the people in America do not go to church. So of the hundreds and thousands of people who have tested positive for COVID, most of that wasn't in church. Most of that was outside of church, in gatherings, in families, at school, all these at workplaces. Most of it was in church. I don't want you to get interception. I don't want you to be led by a crisis. I don't want you to turn uh, to lose our witness because the world is going on and the Christians are more concerned about protecting themselves. So who's going to touch people? Who's going to be there to minister to people? Who's going to be an example for people? And then I don't want you to get into selfishness. Well, God took care of me through the crisis. I don't need to go to church for God to take care of me. But remember, church, is not just about you. It's not just about God taking care of you. It's about you being a blessing to somebody else. But that's I wanted to I wanted to throw that out at you because I think and later on, maybe I'll put it in a different context and maybe it'll make even more sense to you. I just don't want you to to change the word because of a crisis. I don't want you to get in fear and and mess up this thing because God has taken care of you in a crisis situation. But that's spiritually. Do you want what you're saying emotionally and mentally? Let's look at what some people are saying. I can't help worrying. I can't help it if I'm worrying. I mean, I've always worried. Do you really want what you're saying? I think I'm losing my mind. I can't remember much of anything now. I remember my mother. She died in her 90s. She slowed down a little bit mentally, but physically, she was good. But she slowed down a little bit mentally at the end. But she, she started talking stuff like, I'm losing my mind. I can't remember anything. I can't, you know, I can't remember much of anything. You know I can't remember this, Michael. Well, some of you, 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 you're losing. You're losing because the way you're talking, I can't remember. I'm losing my mind. No one cares whether I live or die. I'm nervous all the time. I don't want to live. I can't go on. I can't take this anymore. See, those are suicide words. Do you want what you are saying? Let's talk about physical health. I stay sick with something. It's not if it's not one thing, it's another. My hay fever, my sinuses, you know, every time of this year when the pollen comes out, is that what you want? It, do you want what you're saying? My bursitis, my arthritis, my cancer, do, my heart condition, you know, my knees are bad. Do you want what you are saying? You know, I'm going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. Is that what you want? Do you want what you are saying? 
let's let's talk safety and I'll stop here because I got some other areas to I got some other areas to look at. The wheel of existence. You know, things getting so bad now that you can't leave your house. Wow. Do you want that? Do you want what you're saying? Things are getting so bad that you can't leave your house now. Do you want what you are saying? They're breaking in everybody's house in my community. Wow. Do you want that? Do you want them people to be breaking in every house in your community? Because you live in that house. Remember that. You have to watch your agreement. A lot of times they on the news, they a person that said it could happen to anyone. And you said, I know that's right. Well, do you want that kind of an agreement? Now, we cover spiritual, emotional, physical safety, but we got some other areas to cover. But let's close with this. I'm going to close with this. Two life-changing truths. You are having what you consistently say with your mouth. You can have what you say. The tongue is a fire. It will set on fire the wheel of your life. We talk the spiritual spoke. We talk the mental, emotional spoke. We talk the physical spoke, health spoke. We talk the safety spoke. Do you want what you are saying. We're going to pick up right here in our next lesson. I trust that something has been said because the Spirit of God is really leading me to help us to make it through this pandemic. And so I'm trying to follow him. And I want you to think about this all week long. Do I want what I am saying? And hopefully you'll listen to what you're speaking out of your mouth. I love you. Thank you for this time uh, that we've shared. I look forward to seeing you next time.